The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Today's message is a powerful and convicting message about time. Brother John Morgan Owens, who has been exercising his preaching gift under the authority of Zion Primitive Baptist Church for several years, teaches us that all we really have as a commodity in this world is time, the moment that we're in. And we ought to use our time in the service of the Lord. As I said, this message is both convicting and uplifting, and I hope you'll be convicted and encouraged by it as I was. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. For weak and James chapter 4, and when you're, while you're getting there, I want you to think about something. I want you to, to envision the most valuable thing that you have, okay? Now, I'm excluding your eternal salvation, okay? Because your eternal salvation is different. It's not something that can ever be taken away from you. It is secured. It's not transferable. It's, it's yours, okay, based on the blood of Christ, okay? So excluding that... Think about the most valuable thing that you have. So you're probably thinking about your house. You know, that's probably where most of our net worth is tied up in, right? We got our house, a vehicle, something like that. Maybe it's a, some type of retirement account. You know, we put value in our money. The problem is that, you know, you can ask that, that uh, rich man that, 
uh, Jesus is referring to when he says that his soul would take ease. He had everything he needed. He was going to tear down his barns and build bigger ones, you know. And what did Jesus say? He said, tonight thy soul be demanded of thee, right? Just like that, everything that you have can be gone. That house can be blown away, right? So is the most valuable thing you have in your possessions? Some people may say, well, the most valuable thing that I have is my health, right? That's flimsy, isn't it not? I mean, your health can just tank, right? I mean, you, you can be going along, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, you get some diagnosis you were not expecting, and then your world is turned upside down, you know? So you put your, you put your uh, stock, you put your comfort in your health, now you can ask Job about that, right? Everything was just trucking along, then all of a sudden he loses all of his possessions, loses all of his family, save his wife, then all of a sudden he is, he's got bulls from head to toe, right? So imagine how your world might just crumble in front of your eyes if you find your value in those things. What is the most valuable thing that we have, that we actually have? It's your time, okay? The most valuable thing that you have is time because it's the only thing that you actually do have, okay? This second right here, this moment that we're in right now is the only thing that I have, okay? The money in the bank account is really just a concept in comparison, okay? Who knows if we will ever even, if the Lord may come back before we even get done here, right? I may never have to use another penny out of that account. This is what we have, okay? So in James, we come here, the book of James chapter 4 and verse 13. He says, Go to now, ye that say tomorrow or uh, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. We have great plans. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. So all we have is a little time and then vanisheth away. What he's, what he's saying here is all of your plans, everything that you have ought to be tempered with the Lord will. You know, the Lord's will be done. The idea that we get here is that we, we all have this idea that we're going to be here for a while, right? We all have that concept. But all you really have is today. Now, if I were to live that way, imagine what a difference it would make. Instead of living as if I have plenty of time to make up for mistakes, what if I were to live as if this is my only chance to be with you? You know, I think sometimes I take for granted my fellowship with you because I feel like there'll be another time that I can make up for this, right? There'll be another time where I can hear this story that they're telling. There'll be another time when I can look into their eyes and tell them I love them. What if this is it? What if this is the last time we see each other on this side of glory? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you, rather, <laughs> wouldn't you rather pour out your life, pour out your heart, in this second, right? Because that's all we have. Amen. 
in Ecclesiastes, very uplifting book of Ecclesiastes, if you'll turn over there with me. Ecclesiastes 1. This was brought up yesterday at Macedonia's meeting, and it really, I've, I've been mulling over it ever since. Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, this is Solomon. Man, what a way to start this. He says, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. That is a short verse, but he, ma he managed to pack five vanities inside of that, right? You think that he's trying to, to push some type of point here? His point, it, he, he, is, he is leading his argument very heavy on the front end that this is all vanity. Life is vanity. Now that may sound uh, on the surface to be a very depressing, very, uh, you know, down and out kind of message. Here's the truth of it, is that that is so liberating for you to realize that it's all vanity. The point of Ecclesiastes, many people would say, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. That's not the point of Ecclesiastes. The point of Ecclesiastes is all is vanity under the sun, right? right? There are some pursuits in your life that are noble, that are just, that are worth your time, okay? And your time is precious. There are some things in your life that are worth it. But now, you know, the money, the houses, the properties, the cars, the whatever you think you want, it's all vanity, right? Your health, it's vain. It's fleeting. It's like a vapor. Let's go over to the book of Job. I'm going to see if I can get all of the depressing books in this one sermon. <laughs> the book of Job. Chapter 7, we're talking about time. We're talking about your time. Job and, and Job 7 says this, Is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? Are not his days also like the days of a hireling? It's just like a temporary worker. Just come and go. That's, that's what your entire life is like. As a servant earnestly desireth the shadow, and as a hireling looking, uh, looketh for the reward of his work, so am I made to possess months of vanity. And wearisome nights are appointed to me. When I lie down, I say, when shall I rise? And the night be gone, and I'm full of tossings to and fro unto the dawning of the day. My flesh is clothed with worms and clods of dust. My skin is broken and become loathsome. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind. Mine eye shall no more see good. The eye of him that hath seen me shall see me no more. Thine eyes are upon me and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house neither shall his place know him anymore. Wow. Really, really heavy words, right? All of this that Job is saying. Now he may, I don't know exactly 
what spirit he is offering them in, I'm sure that he is, he is probably very discouraged. There's, there's uh, many of the Psalms you read that the message is sort of a negative message. You, you realize that they're coming from men that are experiencing emotions. It doesn't mean they're not inspired by God. Right. What he is saying is true things. What we have to remember is that the message is somehow positive by the fact that God overrules and that God has conquered death, that God, that that you win, right? He's talking about your experience in life. So in the end, everything will be glorious. Every tear will be wiped away. We're just talking about in life, so many of the pursuits that we have are vanity. They're not worth your time. This gets me in verse 10. And he shall return no more to his house, talking about when you pass away, neither shall his place know him anymore. You know, you think about money that you're trying to save. You think about uh, your health that you're trying to, to save. What about, what if you're thinking about beyond your life? You're thinking about the legacy that you leave, right? Many people live thinking about how they're going to be remembered. Now, that's, look, that's a good thing. I want my children, I want my grandchildren to look at me and, and, and to remember me and say, oh, he was crazy in, in the end of his life, but man, he sure did love the church and he sure did love the Lord, right? But if you're living only for how your legacy is going to come across, guess what's going to happen? They're going to forget about you, right? If the Lord tarries, people are going to forget about you. What we have is not then. What we have is right now, okay? You have this moment. Now, I, I, I keep iterating that over and over again because this is something that has convicted me, okay? I don't know if this uh, is like, you're like this, but I spend my days thinking about what's coming. I, think, I, I spend my days thinking about tomorrow's problems. And I am trading my todays, the only time that the Lord has given me, for some time, some future time that may never come. Amen. Right. Amen. I want to be present. I want to be here yeah. in the moment. I want to enjoy my time with you. I want to enjoy my time with my family. Whatever I'm doing, that's what I want to be doing. Okay? That's what this message is about. Exodus 21, if you would turn with me over there. This is an interesting concept that the Lord lays out in the law for us. Exodus 21. You know, the Lord's law that He gave was really so beautifully crafted. Okay? You know, our, our laws now that we have, we've got them split down into criminal law and, and then civil law, and they don't really uh, interact very much. Those are separate courts, right? Well, the law that the Lord laid out was sometimes intertwined somewhat, the criminal and, and civil. I want to read a, a, a statute, if you will, for you. In verse 19, verse 18, it says, and if men strive together, 
and one smite another with a stone or with his fist, and he die not, but keepeth his bed. All right, so here's what's happening. You've got a situation that the law provides for where two people get into a fight and somebody's injured but not killed, okay? If they're killed, then you, the, the law governs what happens there. If, it's, if it is a premeditated anger and they're killed, then it's murder, and then the, the result is death, okay? If it's, some, if it's some fit of rage or if it's an accidental death, then you've got a manslaughter situation where that person who committed that crime could then flee to the city of refuge and hang out for a while and be safe. This is a situation where somebody did not die but is injured, that they keep their bed. That just means that they had to be treated, that they had to be some type of recovery process. If he rise again and walk abroad upon his staff, then, then shall he that smote him be quit. Okay? It means the criminal charges he'll be acquitted of. Okay? He'll be off the hook on the criminal side of things. But then... Only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed. Here the Lord is giving his endorsement on the fact that time is worth something. Okay? He's saying for that person who was injured and had to spend however much time recovering, that the person who did it is to pay him for the lost time and whatever work he was doing and also to pay for his uh, medical bills, if you will. Your time is worth something, okay? And as I said, it's the most precious thing that you have. I wish that we could store it up somewhere. That'd be nice and cash it in later, right? But all you've got is this second. Always marching on. But that's all you've got. So you realize the significance of what you've done tonight. I'm not meaning to toot your horn, okay? But what you have done tonight is you have chosen to take all that you have and give it to God by worshiping Him tonight, okay? Everything that you have, this is all you've got, and you're giving it to Him and an offering of your time, okay? That's why it's so important for us to worship here together. I know, we, I know we've had situations lately where we have done uh, uh, remote. We've, we still have people that join in on Zoom for various reasons, and that's okay. But the main focus ought always to be us giving of our time, giving of our effort to come here and give everything we have to God. With the most important being your time. All right, 2 Samuel, if you'll go with me there. Second Samuel, chapter 11. Here we, we come and we find David, King David. And this is in verse 1 of this. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah and David tarried still at Jerusalem. All right, so we know what this is. 
here in just a few moments. David's going to be there where he's not supposed to be at the time, and he's going to see something that he's not supposed to see. And then he's going to do something he's not supposed to do because he did that, right? And then he's going to do a bunch of things that he wasn't supposed to do. Here's the point. Your time is so precious. We ought to be choosing to do what we need to do with our time. What happens, though, when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time? Okay? This happens. Mm -hmm. Things like this happen, okay? Brother Chris has said this many times. He said, we can't say how far off the path is, is safe, right? If you begin to depart from the way of God, you may, be, you may be able to travel miles before the ambush happens, right? It may just be one step, okay? But once you leave the path and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're at risk, okay? Always, okay? David should have been with his people. David should have been there with his armies. I don't want to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. All right, so what do we do? Okay, we, we obviously know that our time is important. We obviously know that we misuse our time. We obviously know that we are in the wrong place at the wrong time a lot of times. What do we do? Let's go to Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. I'm going to read this to you. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till He come and rain righteousness upon you. You have, plowed in, uh, you have plowed wickedness, you have reaped iniquity, you have eaten the fruit of lies, because thou distrust in thy way and the multitude of thy mighty men. You know, I began by asking you, what's the most valuable thing you have? And we probably automatically think about our possessions, right? That's just, it's ingrained in us. We think about our home. We think about our car. We think about bank accounts or, or investment accounts, whatever it is. Some people, you, you may take comfort in the fact that America has a great military, right, in times like this, right? You, you may be sitting there saying, well, at least... We've got a great armed forces. We've got great uh, resources. Well, these people were taking comfort in their armies. <laughs> and the Lord said, you've taken, you've taken comfort in the wrong thing, pal. Right. Amen. You know, over in Isaiah 31, it says that, that they went down to Egypt for help. And they put their trust in horses and in chariots. But, the, you know, that's not good enough, okay? The Lord can overcome that. What should we be focusing in on? It's on serving God right now. That's what he says. He says, it is time to seek the Lord. It is time. When is an appropriate time to seek the Lord? Right now, right? That's always an answer that you can have, okay? When is an appropriate time to schedule the Lord in? Right now. How about now, right? How about always, and so what do we do? I always want to have something to do, right? I want to, I'm like, I'm like Peter. I'm like those, the, anybody, I'm like Nicodemus that came to Jesus and he said, you got to be born again to see the kingdom. Well, what do I do then? What do I do to be born again? What do we do to seek the Lord 
in the time that we have. He says, break up your fallow ground. Well, we know what fallow ground is. It's ground that has not been farmed on in a while. It's ground that's been sitting there. Now, there's a, there could be strategy in that. You could be leaving it fallow on purpose to regain some nutrients after, after certain uh, crops have depleted it. But the point here is that we ought to take those areas of your life that you have let grow dusty and fallow and break it up, right? Start working it again. We ought to constantly be evaluating yourself, constantly be looking at the ways in which you're failing. And that's not going to be a comfortable process. It's not going to feel good to always be challenging yourself. But we ought to be looking at the areas that I need improvement. And I ought to be spending time with the Lord in those areas, okay? I'll give you an example of, of something I struggle with that maybe give you something to think about, okay? I have been letting my prayer time with the Lord go fallow, right? I have been, I've been neglecting fellowship with Him. I'm in, I'm in neglecting study too, I mean, but I, I'm thinking specifically about my prayer time. I need to go back over there to that field, you know, and I need to start plowing that thing again, Amen. right? I need to break up that fallow ground. Amen. Imagine what's going to happen when you begin to till that field up again and you, you start to get back in the business of it. You're going to begin to feel that revival in your heart, that connection with the Lord again, you're going to begin to feel life blossom again. Amen. You know, it's funny how doing what the Lord says to do works. Amen. Always. Amen. Right. right? You know, I've never once said, okay, I'm going to, the Bible says to do this, I'm not sure it'll work, I'm going to do it. I've never once been disappointed. Right. I've never once gotten through that and been like, well, that was a flop. You know, it's never happened. That's something that you'll never hear me say. It always works. If you do what the Lord says, He will always be there. And it always, it's always a blessing. Okay? You can think of, of areas in your life, fallow fields. I know that you can, I know you know what I'm talking about. I know that you have something in your mind. You're probably not being honest with yourself. Right? You, you know it's too much work. And so you don't look at that field anymore. But you know what it is. If you'll allow yourself to, to remember, <laughs> is it your prayer time? Is it your Bible study time? Is it fellowshipping with others? Man, that gets me sometimes too. I let that, I let that field go fallow sometimes. Start breaking the ground up again and see what happens. Okay, That's a way in which you worship God with the very precious time that you have. Jesus tells us in, in Matthew, he tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness and all these other things that we worry about. He said he'll, he'll add them to us, okay? This is not saying that, that we ought to embrace this mentality of we only live in the present, okay? Because that could be foolish. <clears throat> I mentioned this this morning that if... if we were to, and I've done this before because I hate going to the gas stations. One of the reasons why we got an electric car. I, I just hate the process of going to a pump at the end of a day when you're tired 
and then having to, to touch that nasty, stinking handle that everybody in the county's been touching, right? And then pump your gas. Not saying I'm, I'm above that, I'm just saying I don't like it, okay? And so there have been times when you, you, you see that you've got two gallons left, you know you're going to need to get it very soon, but you say, I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow morning on the way to work. Guess what happens? Tomorrow morning you don't have time. But I put it off. You know, if we embrace the, the mentality of we only live in the present because that's the only thing that we're, we're given, well, that's obviously that leads to an extreme. Because then you get to the situation where you're, you've got one gallon of gas left and you say, nope, I'm living right now and not thinking about tomorrow. And guess what happens? You get stuck, right? <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that you have to be foolish. The Lord has given us common sense. He expects us also to use it, okay? That's, that is a skill that has been lost. Now listen, your time is precious though, and we ought not to think about the troubles of tomorrow. Jesus says this also. He says, sufficient for the day is the trouble therein. Right? Tomorrow has its own issues. Why do you waste today worrying about what's coming tomorrow? Now that doesn't, like I said, that doesn't mean that you don't prepare for tomorrow, okay? But I think that this, this plays out in two different ways. Thinking about tomorrow. We all think about the things ahead of us that we dread, okay? I know you all can remember uh, procedures, uh, think about checkups, appointments. Uh, maybe it's something at work that you've got to do that you're dreading. Maybe... Maybe it's some project at home that you're dreading, right, that you, that you know you've got to do. I mean, it could be anything. And all you can think about is that thing that you've got to do the next day. And you're worried about it and you're dreading it. Here's, here's what's happening when, when that's happening. Satan is feeding you some lies, okay? He, he is trying to focus you on that thing because guess what's happening? He, he is effectively shutting you down from serving the Lord right now Amen. when he does that, okay? When you're worrying about tomorrow, you are no use today. Amen. And that's all we have is today, right? Amen. We think about that one. We often don't think about this one. What about good things that you're excited for in the future? You know, maybe you're excited about some trip that you've got coming up the end of the week or an extended weekend could be anything. It could, it could be some good thing. I, I was talking this morning joking about how I've gotten in a habit of eating a Twinkie on the way home from work every day. And it's probably not good for me, but I, man, I, I'm telling you, sometimes that's what gets me through the day. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that Twinkie on the ride home is just going to make it all worthwhile, right? And it's good. And it's good, right? But, but listen, if, if Satan can feed me that lie, that that trip, that that whatever it is that I'm looking forward to, if, if he can get me so focused in on that thing, that good thing, that I fail to serve the Lord today. Amen. You ever had that long weekend coming up and then maybe somebody's talking to you at work, some, you know, somebody comes in and, or calls the office or whatever it is, and, and you just can't focus on it. You don't really care for it. You have no patience for it because all you're thinking about is 
in 48 hours, I'm going to be at the beach, right? Whatever it is. Satan is lying to you about what your job is, right? Your job is not to serve him tomorrow on the beach. Your job is to serve him today. Amen. I think about how, how far short I fall in modeling what my Savior would do when I interact with people. You know that if he were to, if he were to come down and to be in my place in a situation where I'm impatient with somebody, or I, I have no more uh, patience to hear their long, crazy story. I just imagine Jesus sitting there and being enthralled with every detail of their life, being ready to pour out everything He's got into them. Would to God that I might be so plugged into the present that I might live like my Savior. You think, you think Jesus let the dread and the shame of the cross before Him get in the way of serving each one of those people that He healed every day and modeling to us the suffering, loving Savior? You think that He let the joys of heaven ahead of Him that He would see again get in the way of serving patiently each and every child that came up to Him and was impatiently waiting for their turn to sit on His lap? No. Your God is the perfect example of being present in the moment. Now let's go here to, to Romans 13 as we close. Romans 13 and verse 11. And that knowing the time, talking about time today, and knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. You realize, child of God, that today we're the closest we've ever been to seeing our salvation with our own eyes. Amen. The closest that we've ever been to seeing Jesus is this second. Isn't that special? Amen. He says, because of that, it's time to wake up. Amen. It's time to stop sleepwalking through life and start living. Amen. You think your Savior is pleased when He sees you as He poured out His life's blood for you to give you life, and now you're living as if you're a dead person because you're living to serve Him tomorrow. Right? When he looks at us, I, 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 he deserves to see people that are serving him today with what he's given us. Amen. Right? If the Lord can, con I mean, if Satan can convince me to be a disciple of Christ tomorrow, he wins. And, and here's what's so clever about him is that it's an argument that we want to believe, right? He packages it and markets it in such a beautiful way. I tell you, you got to give him some credit. Because what he says is he says, you know what? You can be the best disciple of, of Christ that this world has ever seen. 
You can lay down your life. You can study the Bible. You can pray to Him better than anybody if you do it tomorrow. Right? You ever been there where you, you, you wake up, maybe, it's, maybe your Bible study time's in the morning, and you wake up, and then you're not, you're not quite feeling like you're awake yet, and so you do something else. You trade that time. You put it somewhere else. And then you say, I'll do it in the afternoon. And so you sell it to yourself, or Satan sells it to you, by saying you're still going to do it. You're just going to do it later. You're going to do it in the future. Well, we're not given the future. We're given today. You know, there is a future that is for you. (laughs) That's in heaven. Praise God. But as far as today and our experience right now, we have today. Or then you get there to the afternoon, and then you say, well, you know, I really need to just rest tonight. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll double up tomorrow. Well, that's great, you know. That's, that's really good to double up tomorrow, but that is useless. Amen. Because we're required to serve Him today. Amen. Okay? Well, to give of our time. It's high time for us to wake up. I have been sleepwalking. I, I, I'll, I'll confess this, okay? What is, it, what is it about this place that makes you want to confess? I'll confess this. I have been sleepwalking through my life for the past several years. It's high time that I wake up, right? And what I mean by sleepwalking is constantly living for some future target, so much so that I'm checked out of the present. You know, constantly, and y'all know, y'all been following our story. We've been constantly looking for that, that child to come. And now we've got that. Now we've been constantly looking for that house or whatever setup that we can have a nice little home with. And, and it's a great thing. And, and, and we're, we're happy and excited about that. The problem is that I've been living so much for that that I've forgotten to serve Him today. Amen. What a shame is that? I'm ashamed of that. I'm ashamed. Thank the Lord that He saved me by grace. Amen. I hope that this is an encouragement to you. I know it's probably discouraging in many ways. But you know, that's okay. I I said this before. (laughs) If I stepped on your toes, if this message is convicting to you, it's your fault. I mean, really, it's not mine. It's your fault. Uh, but But joking aside, okay, this is a message for me. I'm not targeting anybody with this. If it hurts, that that ought to be a little encouragement for you, okay? If you're just totally numbed out, to, to the spiritual messages, then you're not going to feel anything, right? If it hurts a little bit, it's evidence to you that the Lord's working on you, okay? Amen, amen. We, we all have room to grow in this area. I, I just pray that we might live for today. Amen. We might live with this moment being the most important thing that we do. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer.
We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.